This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Right now that time, 812, you're tuned in to WGNS, your good neighbor station on this Martin Luther King Day. And our guest today, Murfreesboro NAACP President Katie Wilson. Katie, how are you this morning? I'm good. So tell us a little bit about your position with the NAACP, because you've held that title there for a number of years now. Yes, uh, I was elected uh, about... We were re-elected every two years. So about four years ago, I was elected president for the Murfreesboro branch here in Murfreesboro. And uh, I've been serving as the president, but have held other positions as well. So what is the involvement of NAACP here in Murfreesboro and Rutherford County? What types of things are they involved in? Well, this month would have been of a MLK breakfast celebration where we recognize persons under the Jerry Anderson Hero and Humanitarian Awards. But due to COVID-19, we had to do some changes. And basically, we had to cancel for 2021. So we're moving it to 2022. Also, we uh, have persons that deal with education and looking at uh, the requirements, I guess, from 2020 uh, to 2021 for students in school, looking at how best we could serve them. Also, we deal with uh, civic engagement, which deal with uh, registering people to vote and also to get out to vote. Uh, This was our biggest uh, event in 2020. Uh, for the election from the primary all the way down to the general election in November. And also we do other things in the community as well. Uh, We partner with other community organizations. So uh, we do a little bit of just about everything. And anyone who has been in Murfreesboro for any length of time, they are probably familiar with the Jerry Anderson Award as he was a former NFL player who saved the lives of two kids who got into the Stones River and it was flooded at the time. That's Uh, correct. But that award, that's usually given away right around this time of year each year, right? Right. Doing the MLK breakfast celebration. And, uh, you know, there's so many things like that that are, you know, right here in Murfreesboro. I, I mean, positive things like like Jerry Anderson, who saved the lives of two kids. And if I recall, he passed away when he saved their lives, right? Right, he did. He lost his life. But also going on right now would normally be the MLK walk between Central Middle School then down to Patterson Park. But that can't take place either because of the CDC guidelines on groups of 10 or more not gathering. That's, that is that is correct. And I think the Murfreesboro Lodge number 12 who are the sponsors for that uh, MLK march, uh, looked at uh, what the requirements was and decided uh, to go virtual this year. 
uh, because uh, the COVID virus is so has increased so much. So they decided that this would be the best route uh, to not involve a lot of people in one place at the same time. Now, of course, Murfreesboro is not the only city out there canceling walks or marches like that today. In fact, marches are being canceled all over the country because of COVID-19. Yes. Do you know of any city that actually is doing one? Not to my knowledge. Uh, I think most of them are trying to do it virtually, uh, partnering with some other organization and doing it as a celebration, uh, just uh, with the families and not try to do it with any group. You know, it's it, it's sad, the impact that COVID-19 has on America, because, you know, if you told me five, six years ago that some virus would come along and it would end up canceling events that are going to take place in your city, I, I never would have believed it. But because of COVID-19, it is leading to the cancellation of things like this day, you know, remembering Martin Luther King in a very public way by marching, right. but it, it has led to the cancellation of that. And, uh, you, you know, that's it, it almost wipes away in some way history that people could have been learning about today. Right. And, and they still can go online and look at different virtuals uh, celebration that would be done uh, and get involved with. Uh, we still do community projects like supporting uh, domestic violence, uh, some other program that requires the need of the people that is within that program um, they also do clothing drives that uh, we assist and i think we partner with brightly academy museum even uh, with some of the toy job drives in the past so um, COVID 19 had just put effect on a definite the community of people of color um, a lot more of our race have been dying across america so uh, it is best to look at safety first, and I think this is what everyone decided that it would be best for us for Martin Luther King holiday this year. Hey, I mean, if you were to step back in, in time and look forward, would you ever imagine something like COVID-19 having such a detrimental impact on so many things out there? No. Uh, the, I think uh, this virus surprised a lot of people, and for it to last as long as it has, and we have no idea when it would uh, really be under control, but uh, hopefully the people will take advantage of what is offered. When we talk about and look at leaders all over the country and even around the world, not I, I would say not as many stand out as the way Martin Luther King has right. stood out over the years. And the, the neat thing about Martin Luther King is that so much of his history is based right here in Tennessee, which is which is neat, you know. And I don't know if kids today are being taught all of that in school or not. I, I'm not real sure. I don't hear a lot about talks of Martin Luther King in school, but it's so neat that so much of his focus was done right here in Tennessee. And and when you think of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., you, you think of nonviolent uh, to get things changed, uh, uh, not go to the street and, and create riots or uh, even chaos, but being there to bring people together in a peaceful march, also uh, different sit-ins. Uh, he went to jail a lot, and 
I think even today, they're going to do it at the National Civil Rights Museum in Memphis. They're going to do a virtual at 12 and also at 6 p.m. So anybody want to go online, they can do uh, see the virtual from the National Museum in Memphis. Again, with us today, Murphy's Bros. NAACP President Katie Wilson, and we're talking about Martin Luther King. Today, of course, Martin Luther King Jr. Day all across America. But, you know, the history, the legacy that he left is something that I, I don't, I, I can't think of any other leader who has left such a legacy and, and such a important note, I guess, for generations to come. And that note is to be positive, to love each other, and, and to not, you know, carry on in violence. And right. the problem is we're still seeing a lot of violence out there, especially with political protests, you know, civil unrest with politics. There is so much out there right now that I have to wonder what would Dr. King say if he were still here today about everything going on? And, and you have to remember that Dr. King also fought for the civil rights of all people regardless of race or nationality. And that's the one thing that most people back in the 60s uh, looked at, that you got the Civil Rights Bill passed. You got the Voting Rights Bill passed. So those are things that we look at what he led people to do it through legislation, and it got done. A lot of it was signed under President Lyndon Johnson, so... Uh, this is the things that we could look at that really changed a lot, but people have the right to vote. We can contribute to what he did back in the 60s. Dr. King was assassinated in 1968 in Memphis, Tennessee, and, you know, that wasn't really that long ago. No, no. And, and just for this holiday, this is the 35th year uh, to celebrate the holiday in which... Uh, President Reagan signed into law in 1983, but it really didn't celebrate the holiday until 1986. You know, I was looking at some of those timelines of, of, you know, after Dr. King was assassinated, and it looks like the states, all 50 states, didn't fully adopt this federal holiday into, into state government until year 2000. That's correct. It really surprised me when I read that, because I, I guess I just thought, well, you know, it was passed right after he died, and that was that. But that was not the case at all. No, because uh, they did not sign uh, that law until 1983. So that was like, what, 15, 18 yeah, years afterward? Good time after. Right. And and then I read that the bill was first proposed and put before the House floor in, well, I guess four days after Dr. King was assassinated is when uh, a representative proposed this holiday, and then it, it wasn't until uh, however many years after that that it actually came up for a vote, I believe, right. in 79, and it failed. Right. Uh, right. The legislators did not pass it. And they kept bringing it back, so uh, they stayed with it. So uh, Congress did present it, and it got passed in 1983, so... You know, I wonder if those are lessons that are taught in schools today when it, when they take a look at history. Do they talk about things like Dr. King's day, you know, because this is to memorialize him, to remember him. It was actually started because of his birthday, I guess, January 15th is right. when he was born. But it, 
do the schools teach, you know, hey, at first they didn't pass this holiday. They it took a lot of time. It took years and years and years to actually make it a holiday and to remember him on this day. I'm not so sure if they are teaching this in school, but this is a lesson that all parents uh, can teach the children, uh, even at home. Uh, they don't have to be in a school setting. Uh, this is something that they can learn from all the leaders across the nation that have made positive strides to help people, it, uh, no matter what the race, but at least brought people together. Now, did you grow up here in Rutherford County? Yes. What was it like during those days when Dr. King was making his speeches and everything? What was it like here in Murfreesboro as far as race? Well, uh, back in the 60s, it, everything still was segregated. We had segregated schools. Uh, it was not until the year that he died that we integrated schools here in Rutherford County in 1968. But uh, people were still protesting, uh, even in the 60s. Even right here in Murfreesboro, we had marches. Uh, from. We only had two major shopping centers at that time. We had Mercury Plaza and Jackson Heights Plaza. So um, it was a group uh, we called ourselves the Black Community Action Group. Uh, our purpose was helping get jobs for parents that could not find other jobs. Uh, uh, a lot of people did not work in the factories, but they wanted to work at other places in the city, become cashiers, uh, work tellers at the bank, also work uh, at the shopping centers to be on the floor uh, to assist those persons coming in to purchase clothes and not just be the janitors there to clean up after the store closed at night. So they was looking for other employment and, and in fact, better wages for the employment for the families. So back in 68 and before that, you were saying that schools were actually segregated right here in Murfreesboro up until 68. Yes. That's hard to believe. You know, I, I mean, that's... And I was a graduate of Holloway High School, so our school did not close until 1968. That was the last class that graduated. That's that's wild to think of Murfreesboro being, I don't know, that, that segregated. I, I mean, you just don't think about that when you look around today. Right. And just think, uh, Dr. King was assassinated on April 4th in 68. The school here in Murfreesboro, the black high school, closed in may that was the graduation class that graduated in 68 what was the name of the black high school holloway high school that was holloway yes the holloway okay. high school on uh south Holland street so at, at one the original point, school is not there the original school is where the parking lot is between the schools that is there and the gym uh, in fact it was in a shape of an H, if you're looking from the sky down towards the school. That school was a shape of an H. That's pretty neat. Let's take a phone call real quick here. Good morning. You're on WGNS. Go ahead. You're on the air. That's you. You're on the air. All right. We'll go over here to line two. Good morning. You're on WGNS. Hello. Hey, how are you? Uh, I'm having a ball, and you all are talking about something. But let me tell you something. I remember when all this happened, we felt, let me tell you, we felt that it was normal. I went to Bradley School after we, my family moved up from Smyrna. We felt that it, that it was normal. And I remember when my teacher at Bradley School 
that told us that we were, we were going next season, next year, we weren't going to be at the same school. And we didn't, you know, we didn't understand what she was talking about because we were going to Bradley, and then the next season we went to uh, Critchlow. Yes. And, you know, and that was just really eye-opening for us. We didn't understand that. And then I, was, I went from there to Critchlow, and I was the first. I've just been, you know, some friends of mine, we integrate, integrate. I don't like even use the word. That what, what the word to use, because I had a lot of nice friends. I integrated, and I'm going to tell you this. I was the first that did a lot of things uptown. Mr. Norris Lovin, his father, Mr. Leah Campbell, gave me a little job at the pastime pool room, and they treated me like I was their son. And no. I, I can tell people how I was treated by white people. I was loved by them. So I let my kids know and I let anybody know. I was loved and treated. And I tell it anywhere. I was took care of. So I let people know. I, I, don't, I don't like even like to use the word now, racism. Casey, I know how I've been treated all <laughs> my life and still treated that way. And, and, and you need to tell them where Critchlow would have been located okay. if it was still there today. What yes. building is in that place? Yes, it's right there on the corner. Where that, I think so. Is it a library or a doctor? No, it's it where the Rutherford County Health Department that's is. That's right. That's where my school, that's where we went to school because my teacher told us that next year we wouldn't be going to school. And we didn't know exactly you know, what she was talking about then. And it was. It was a difference. But like I say, and I, I was the quarterback. Let me see. Okay. I was the first quarterback for Critchell Old School, and when we won that bowl game, you would have thought we won the Super Bowl. All right. They hadn't won won a bowl game in about, I guess, 10 years or longer. Critchell Old hadn't and we won that bowl game, and we we just might as well won the Super Bowl. I hope a lot of my friends are listening because, but you know what was something? Let me tell people this. We was already best of friends. Okay. The racism and stuff was about the system that we grew up under, but we didn't we didn't have a problem with that because all the people on Poplar Street, Walnut Street, in that area, we was all white and black kids was already playing together. We was already best of friends. Thank God for that. And Amen. anybody know me, they know we already we was already friends. But the system, right? Had, you know. Had, that broad, you know, with dealing like this, but we've already loved each other. Walnut Street, Poplar Street, in that area, A and P store, the bus station, and I remember when we went there, to, had to go to Nashville during the Vietnam War, and we had went to the bus station because the Greyhound bus station was also set up. We had a black side and a white side. That's correct. I could tell you all a whole lot of system, and the, let's talk about. Oh, oh, let me bring it back home. We had a slide in a place called Mothersburg, Tennessee, uptown. And I remember Mink, the friendly spot. Um, um, there was a black. The slide was a black place uptown where only the blacks mostly shopped at. But I just didn't, I didn't feel right back in those days, you all. I, it was just in me. I loved everybody and still do. Well, thank you for calling this morning. Yes, sir. And it was time for us to change, and thank God we changed. Thank God thank for freedom. Amen. Yes, sir. Well, thank I you. I really appreciate the show, and we, we need it. 
All right. Well, take care. Yes, sir. I really appreciate it, gentlemen. Thank you all. Thank you. We'll take another call here real quick. Good morning. You're on WGNS. Good morning. How are you? Is y'all doing all right this morning? Doing fine. Yes, sir. Thanking God for that. Let me get up on this glorious day again, Martin Luther King Day. And uh, Miss Wilson? Yes, sir. It's good to hear your voice, on. I've been praying for you while you was Thank sit you. down. Yes, and uh, I didn't know how to get in touch with you. And it's just good to hear your voice on this glorious day. And uh, I just want to say that welcome back, hon. Thank you. Yes, and just keep up the good work and let the Lord just keep providing you with the knowledge that you have gained over these years. Thank we, you. We marched for a while. We started out marching, and some of the things that you've been talking about, uh, Mercury Plaza and the one up at, up at uh, the other shopping ja- center. Jackson Heights. Yeah, Jackson Heights. See, Father Time is catching up with me, too, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we, we have marched for years and years. We demonstrated and, uh, you know, just trying to stay focused on keeping the glory days around here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And I've been out, well, back in the 60s and up at Central High School, and we was trying to, you know, help get the situation started back then and black and whites you know just unifying at the time in uh in the old holloway high school and you know we we just we just carried on and i just didn't realize back in the day that it was it was going to be like this on the day of the day right and it just it's just seen i don't know it just looked like a dream we were dreaming on it, and I didn't have no idea that I was going to live this long. And uh, it's just like turning back the hands of time in a way. Well, yeah, if you think about it, uh, even with Central, uh, after a lot of students looked at uh, what they had a walkout in 1971, and they made changes even before they built Riverdale and Oakland High School. But this year, in April, it would be 50 years since that occurred. Yes, it is. And I'm just like a grasshopper. I ain't stopping. <laughs> I'm hopping, but I ain't stopping. All you know right. What I'm <laughs> All yeah. right. And uh, we, we we had some, some great experiences through those days. Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King was killed. And uh, down in Nashville... I was working down at Jacobs Packing Company then, and they had National Guards and everything. I mean, it was hard to uh, com- communicate during the situation at the time because our leaders, they got rid of our leader and stuff, and, you know, one of our leaders, and, and it was a hard pill to swallow, you know, and people were just, I know blacks, we were just, it was just hard for us to swallow the pill, and some of us got out there, and some were throwing bricks. I mean, just, you know, it was just destructive on one side, and people were scared to come out their houses, and they, you couldn't come out because they 
National Guards and stuff was out. And I mean, it was just an awful thing. We lived through awful times, huh? Yes. And I'm just thanking the Lord upstairs just to just keep me around. And and I hate because we didn't have the march today, and I missed last year. It was so cold, it was cold and Father Time caught up with me, and I told me to stay in. And, All right. And then the year after, here we go, and they cut the day off. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't know how that came in there, but I guess uh, the man upstairs, letting us know the time just slow the train down and just back it up back up that train they are green yeah well, and uh started well, all over again well i think COVID 19 changed a lot for 2021 as well as yep. 2020 well th- yes he did yes he did thank you so yes. much for calling this morning yeah scott you have a great day son you too all right Again, this morning, we're talking about today being Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and our guest is NAACP President Katie Wilson. And Katie, we've got to take a break, but when we come back, you know, I'm curious, the kids growing up in the 60s, were they, I don't know, were they racially divided, or did they just see everything that was happening as every other day, not really recognizing it, and instead was it the adults who were going head-to-head on issues? So I'm curious about how kids felt back then in school and if they felt segregated or if they just didn't really realize it back then. We'll, we'll touch base on that when we come back. Time right now, 837. We're going to pause for the weather and we will be right back in just a minute. Skies become mostly sunny here this afternoon. We'll see high in the upper 40s. Southwest winds at 5 to 15 miles per hour, gusting as high as 20. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 31. Hi, this is Dave Kivanimi at Music World and Drummer's Den. Music World now is the dealer for Ernie Ball, Sterling Guitars and Basses. This is a great new line of guitars and basses, and it's a fantastic complement to our Taylor Acoustics and our Paul Reed Smith Electrics. We've also got ESP LTDs, which are a fantastic line of guitars. This is Dave Kivanimi at Music World and Drummer's Den on South Church Street across from Indian Hills Golf Course. This is Peter Demas with Demas Family of Restaurants. When it's getting cold outside and you don't want to really get out of your car, Demas's has now started a curbside service. So you can order online, put your make and model of your car into the website, and when the food is ready, we will bring it out to your car and therefore you can still be in your pajamas and come and get lunch and go back to your home if you want to curbside service. It's just another level of service of which we are trying to provide the residents of Murfreesboro. Visit us online at DemasRestaurants.com. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Old friends, new name, better together. As First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County, but we'll always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. 
Good morning. Traffic's still not too bad right now on 24. Coming in from, uh, let's say, Coffee County into Rutherford County, all the way up to uh, Davidson County. The construction zone there at Hickory Hollow Parkway. Just watch your speed. We've seen tons of radar out here all over the place. Check out the Andre Chicken Sandwich, now available at Princess Hot Chicken. You can order online, princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. The Action Line on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. We're Rutherford County's place to talk. Time right now, 840. You're tuned in to WGNS. In studio with us this morning, NAACP President Katie Wilson here in Murfreesboro. And been talking about Martin Luther King Jr. And before the break, we kind of mentioned what was it like for kids in school back in the 60s and did they fully realize that there was all this segregation and fighting between the different races in not only our community but across the country did they fully realize and grasp that or was that more of an issue between the adults i think back in the 60s a lot of us knew uh, that we were segregated we went to different high schools uh, as well as different elementary school uh, even a lot of the kids in the city had to walk to school, and the ones in the county was bus. Uh, but we knew uh, there was uh, education for black students, education for white, and uh, a lot of times, like in the black schools, uh, we got the secondhand books. Uh, maybe some pages was torn out. They were not new books when it came to high schools. Uh, sometimes you have to take pages from other books to make a full book. Uh, to have a book cover, sometimes you use brown bags and cover your books because you had to report those books back in at the end of the school year. Or your parents would have been responsible to pay for it. So, uh, we knew that there was a difference uh, between the schools and as well as uh, going different places. Even though you may pass a white high school, uh, you may pass an elementary school for white students, but yours was a distant away. Um, and then I grew up in the county uh, off South Church Street. At that time, we called it Chevrolet Highway. Uh, a lot of us went to Christiana before we came into the city because we was more than two miles out. And if you were more than two miles out, you went to a county school rather than coming into the city. So back then, the county schools like Christiana, was that a black and white school or was that also segregated? It was two separate schools. Two separate schools out there? Yes. And were there two totally different buildings or were they? Oh, yeah. And, And different locations. That's that's hard to believe. Yeah, Christiana uh, School was mostly downtown Christiana, where the black school was closer to uh, Johnson Rose near the cemetery. Uh, in fact, probably a block from the cemetery is coming back towards Murfreesboro. Okay, now that was the white one? or No, that was the black. The white one was mostly down, downtown. So close to Miller's Grocery area. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And are those buildings still standing somewhere out there? Now, the black school is still standing, but it is used as a farm. So it's part of a farm now? Yes. You know, it's hard for me to imagine 
how kids were separated by color to two totally different schools. You know, looking back, it's just it's just something that you can't really fully comprehend because it's not that way today. Right. And, and if you back up a few years before the 60s, like 1950, uh, if you're going to Rucker Road, it was the one-room schoolhouse for blacks. They call it Happy Hill. It was a black building. Now, I think it's part of a church. And that Rucker Road is directly off of 231. Yes. As you head towards Shelbyville, then you would take a left. Uh, but that building, like you said, is now used as a church. And I know also it's used as a shelter for those who are homeless certain nights of the week. It's wild how things change over time. And a lot of change for the good, of course. But when you're a kid and you're told all of a sudden, all right, well, we're now going to send you to this school where there's going to be whites and blacks attending. There's always fear in the unknown. And I would imagine that both white kids, black kids, all races, there was some level of fear of that unknown. What's it going to be like at school with all of us together? Right. And I think that's probably what happened with Centra because Holloway basically, uh, the students were sent to Smyrna that lived in Smyrna because Holloway students came from all over the county as black students to Holloway. Um, even the students that was in Counting County, they did not have a high school for blacks. So they bused them in from Woodbury to Murfreesboro and they all went to Holloway. So if places like Woodbury did not have a black high school, did a lot of those who you know, were of African-American descent not go to high school at all? They came to Murfreesboro, they went to Holloway. But if they didn't, I, I mean, did they have a choice? Cause I don't know, these days, you have to stay in school, of course. But back then, I, I don't know what, what it was like. No, I th- and uh, some of the parents also had attended Holloway. So uh, they may get on the bus before it was even daylight. And they rode all morning before they got to school because they had to stop at the different locations to pick students up on their way in. You that know, bus driver may make the oh, 10 or 12 miles before they get the students to the school. You know, that that is a level of unfairness to these students that I, I it's just it's just not right. I, I mean, not only did these kids who lived in the Woodbury area have to get up before the break of dawn just to go to school, that meant that they were in that school state of mind from the time they got on the bus till the time they got home later that evening. You're talking about a 12-hour day for some of these students in Woodbury just to come to school in Murfreesboro. That is correct. The same way for the people in Smyrna. Uh, if they come in from Walter Hill, they all came to Holloway High School. It's hard to believe kids were treated like that because it wasn't their fight. I mean, these were just kids stuck in the middle of it all. And, and, and I think that was just a system, uh, part of the Board of Education. Uh, uh, we did have some representation. Uh, Miss Nanny Rucker had an opportunity to go to Washington. In fact, she helped to get uh, some transportation because some of the kids here in the county was uh, riding in back trucks to the school uh, until they really brought in um, funding to get buses to transport black students to school. 
some of the decisions made within the local school system, the different black and white issues, which weren't really all that black and white when you look back at it, were some of the decisions that were made, made by school board members back then, who were later, I don't know, kicked off the board, if you would, because of their choices that they made during all of these race issues? I don't know if anyone was kicked off. Uh, it, uh, it's just like everything else. You register and you vote for the person that is going to serve your community. And and so um, that's the reason I really, uh, really think highly of uh, what Ms. Uh, Rucker did uh, because uh, she wanted to make sure that all the students had an opportunity to attend school. And you can imagine uh, going to school in an open truck, uh, sitting in the back, because uh, they didn't have restraints back then. But just think, what happened on days that the weather is so bad? The children still had to be exposed to that type of weather and trying to get to school. You know, there's so many movies that were made about the race wars way back then. And I just I wonder, here in Murfreesboro, in Rutherford County, were issues as serious and dangerous as what we see in the movies, where windows were being broken out at times, people were getting into fights just because of the color of their skin. Was it that bad here? Uh, from when I was growing up, I, had, I did not notice that uh, because... People seem like they tried to work together uh, and, and for the better of the student as well as for the community. And usually they usually have the parents and the teachers. And in fact, back in those days, the teachers uh, and the parents, they all worked for the betterment of the students that was going to that school. Murphy's Bros NAACP president Katie Wilson on the air in studio with us this morning. We're going to go ahead and take another phone call here. Good morning. Thank you for holding. Yes, I just wanted to say good morning, Katie. Good morning. I had uh, worked with her at MTSU and things, but I taught at Critchlow when we had our first black students that came over okay. there. And for people like Casey that came into our school and made our ball teams better and for people that were cheerleaders and all of that, uh, we had a small number that moved in at first, but... They, we didn't have any racial problems. We had some discipline problems with white and black, and we had some things just like you have in other schools. But they were not racially motivated, I don't, don't feel like. And we uh, then we had such a, people like <laughs> Mr. Scales that served on the boards and things too, and Ms. Scales that uh, if there was going to be some sort of, disturbance of some sorts they took a stand against any sort of violence and uh the black people stood up for their rights and the white people stood up beside them there's always some people that are against each other and things like that but i thought the city was so wise in sending us a few first and then they divided into, into middle schools and made sense uh Critchlow a middle school and Bradley a middle school mm -hmm. and divided those children where we had sort of equal numbers and so it was done by steps and living in Relaford County all of my life I felt like we had been very fortunate to have right. people like Katie and the Scales and Miss Nanny and 
Miss Rucker and lots of those people that were leaders in education and leaders in the community to help us all get through it. So I'm, I'm curious, if you were teaching back then, and I know you talked about how really the kids were literally just kids. You had the same problems with discipline that you have today for the most part. but Not quite. Not quite. We had, <laughs> parent, we had parents support then. Yes. You know, behind the scenes with parents, d- did you have problems with parents who were against this mixing that, you know, maybe the students never knew that some of the parents were having a problem with this stuff? If you surveyed the kids today, the parents today, they'd say, I don't want my kid to go to Blackman. I don't want my kid to go to Oakland. I don't want this. And it might be because of some black teacher or some white teacher. But for the most part, those were just personal things, I feel like. Mm -hmm. I didn't ever think I had anybody in my class that didn't want to be there. They Maybe because of the way I had them to do everything. But... uh, (laughs) It uh, it wasn't it wasn't because I was white and they were black. I didn't feel like. Well, thank you very much for calling this morning. Uh huh. We'll take another call here real quick. Good morning. Thank you for holding. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. Uh, this is Dorothy Browder Owens, and I wanted to say uh, things have changed a lot. But back in the day, uh, my father, Mr. Browder, we all lived out there in Readerville, and. We had to go to we had to go to Bradley. We caught this little bus, come all the way down through town. We passed up a school. We passed up Kinsville, and we had to go all the way to Bradley School. This is during the segregation time. So, how long did it take you to get to school after you left your house? I don't know, but I know we had to ride this little milk bus to school, and I know we passed the school coming to Bradley School. My brother William Browder and I we had to ride that bus there. And then finally the day came when there was supposed to be integration. Uh, I was the first girl that was black that went to Mitchell Nielsen. It was my last year. Uh, I was not at Bradley anymore. My brother was at Central High School. My brother graduated in uh, 69 from Central, and I graduated in 70 from Central. But uh, I wanted to say, uh, when I was at Mitchell Nielsen, you could tell there was a... Some injustice, they didn't really like us. Some did, some didn't. Uh, they were at home, and I guess the mother and daddy was treating and teaching them, say, oh, you know, you mustn't talk to those black children or colored children, whatever they wanted to call us. You know, and I could tell it, the way they looked and the way they acted that they didn't enjoy us being there. You know, well, I could care less. I was going to learn because when I did leave Bradley and I went to uh, Mitchell Nielsen, I had problems in education, some things I did not learn from Bradley, which I don't know if the teacher's fault or, or the system's fault or whoever, but therefore I had a hard time trying to stay in, in the role in the system with everybody else. And then, uh, like I said before, uh, I went to uh, Central High. Uh, that one year we had a trip, a school trip. A cousin, uh, my cousin, was in another classroom, and also, and I was in another classroom. And do you know what they did? Uh, they put us in the same room, and we had P.E., and they put her in the room with me. And we weren't in the same room. Uh, I think other little girls were either afraid of me, I thought the black was going to come off, or something. And, you know, that was inappropriate. I did not need to be with my cousin, which was in another room, which was not in the room with me. And, you know, that was injustice. But, you know, 
That was back in the 60s. So, you know, you have to remember, though, some of those kids' mamas and daddy didn't appreciate what was happening. And you can tell it by sometimes the kids wouldn't say nothing or they'd sit back in their little chairs and just look at you and stare at you. You know, I'm like, well, you know, y'all got a problem, you know. You don't want a problem, you need to come and tell me about the problem you had. Because I figured your mom and daddy done told you something you didn't, you didn't need to know. And if you want to know somebody, you get to know them. You talk to them and you become friends with them or whatever. I had a few friends from uh, Mitchell Nielsen who were friends. And if I see them now, they probably know me now and still remember me. But like I said, there was a bunch of them that were there. They didn't, you know, they didn't appreciate that. And getting back to school, like, we went all the way to Brantley. And then my father said, uh, you know, I'm going to go to school board and I'm going to talk to those people. Because why do we have to pass a school to go all the way to Bradley? Even though they hadn't quite did the segregation thing yet. You know, I mean, for education and learning, you need to go the closest place. But they felt in their hearts that we need to go to a black school. So they sent us all the way to Bradley. My brother and I, he was in Miss Scales' room. I might have been in Miss Rucker's room or somebody's room, but you know, like I said, things have changed some, but not all things have changed. People's hearts have changed, but some have not. So you know, you know, it's bad, and sometimes it's good. But I would like to say thank you for listening. And how you doing, Katie? Good I'm to see you. Doing good. Hope, you. hope the uh, family is good. Okay, y'all take care. Thank you. And uh, have a good day. All right. Thank you for calling this morning. And we have time for just one more call. Good morning. You're on WGNS. Is that me? That's you. Listen, I lived on Flat Rock Road in Hallsill Pike. I lived around uh, some black people. They were awful good. They let you go in and out. But it's it's a lot of these older uh, people. They uh, walked around with the Ku Klux Klan in Murfreesboro. And you know what? The black people is precious in God's eyesight. And I'm going to tell you, paydays after a while for them. Hey, they may be getting their checks now, but paydays after a while. Remember, God loves everybody, not just one. Not just one. I thank God he loves me, and I thank God he loves the black people. Glory to God, I'm all here to I'm here to tell you that this morning. I ain't going to tell you no lies, because I lived on Flat Rock Road, and then the old creamery, that used to be Happy Hill. Well, th- it's Happy Peel now. They're selling pills over there. Well, thank you so much for calling. We're pretty much out of time, but we appreciate your call. Time right now is 8.58. Again, our guest is Murphy's Bros NAACP President Katie Wilson. And Katie, as we close out today, we have right at a minute and a half left. What would you say to those listening who did not grow up during those times that we've been talking about? How would you get them to understand what it was like back then compared to today? I would say back in the 60s and the early 70s, it was not as many people in this county as it is now. It's like it's almost triple. So we used to say we was that little small town that everybody knew everybody. And I think one of the callers mentioned uh, T-90 Scales. Uh, he was the first city council, and he also became vice mayor. And he was at the time when the Martin Luther King holiday 
came about. So um, he he really helped the city uh, really adopt that holiday. So we give him credit for having uh, all races of people to work together, to come together, and, and, and just be one big city that if you have problems, communicate, talk it out. Um, we did not have a lot of the violence that they had in Nashville. So uh, that means a lot of the leaders work with whoever uh, was in the community as well as uh, the politicians. So I think they all just work together to try to make each community a little bit better. But it, it as I say, it was growing pains, but it kind of worked itself out after a few years. Local news comes your way next on WGNS Murfreesboro.